0: everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Night South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, partner in crime, Sirius XM reporter, local radio star, Chris Marler. Chris? <coughs> <coughs> new, new dog fan.
1: <laughs> Noted. Noted new Georgia fan. Um, hello, Tyler. Yeah, uh, fantastic weekend. Uh, okay, first off. Let's not say, let's not say radio star yet. Um, but it is really nice to be back on radio consistently because that's been a whole thing. You know, apparently, listen, like I was wondering why my, uh, my, I guess like interviews and, and um, things like that went down and requests went down in 2021. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but I, I just, you know, hot take, I think when you use your social media primarily for talking about your old dogs um, and being sad, that does not do, it doesn't move the needle as much as kind of doing like some of these deep dives, the deep dive game that you have shit on is, is really what's brought me back to life. Well, and, and, um, uh, getting to second base again, you know what I mean? So it's really brought a lot of confidence back in my life.
0: Nice man. Congrats. Thanks man. Well, I'm happy for you in the deep dives. I mean, I don't hate on the deep dives. It just, I know when you particular get into your deep dives, it goes very deep.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay, but that you, that's a pretty good stat. Like, that's a, like, somebody won the Heisman Trophy without scoring a touchdown. I think we all agree That is a great that. stat. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. I got some more <laughs> stats here on this episode. We got a hell of stats coming. Um, anyway, so, how was your weekend, though?
0: Weekend was was good. You know, it was uh, full of family events. Obviously, Easter this weekend, this past oh, yeah. weekend when you're married with the kids, you got to do one day with the in-laws and the Ugh. next day with your own parents. Uh, uh, my daughter threw up violently for the first time, which was nice. I think she had way too much candy. Um, so that was a, that was an interesting uh, aspect. Um, yeah. Got to watch a little bit of the Georgia game on ESPN too. Um You know, spring games are spring games. I thought they at least, you know, it was like pretty competitive game at least, you know, for, it's so a lot better than anything else I watch. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, watch a little late night Braves baseball. They're on the West Coast. So all in all pretty good. You had a much better weekend though, I would imagine. Uh
1: well first off, um I don't know if we should start with this, but I did meet Bay's parents.
0: Bay's parents are in the mix now.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like well, hopefully not a lot. If she's well, I mean, like, well, but, like, well I mean, of a- <laughs> course, uh,
0: you know, a lot, but you know.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, no it was a lot of fun they were, they were great um so i'm now realizing that i'm saying all this out loud and she's been listening to this podcast so i'm going to stop myself but it was great everything was fun did not get an easter basket um wow it's a banging tough. casserole we just don't fucking get enough casseroles anymore I, like you know i was thinking this the other day like the, the name gail Gales probably make a lot of casserole right from this, they're from that era like the casserole era as it's common her, her mom's version. name is gail no, her mom's name is not Gail. I forgot what her mom's name is. That's bad. Okay, My um, wife's mom's name is Gail. Oh, is it really? See, that's what I'm saying. Is it, okay, but like, there's no, <laughs> there's no fucking chance. It's 2022. I'll, I'll say this, and statistically, I, this would be so easy to, to um, prove me wrong. But I don't think there's gonna be another Gail ever made. I don't think, I think
0: we're done with Gales. Okay. You know, I was actually having this conversation with someone. It's not just Gail. There are many names that I think that have been retired, or so you would think. Now, remember, keep in mind, I'm a family man, okay? Mm -hmm. So before before I say what I'm about to say, just remember that. Me and my wife the other night, sitting around, watching a a brand new episode of American Idol. All right? Yeah, I love that. There was a woman on there who was a former, uh, I think it was Miss America, actually. Or mm-hmm. she was Miss some some state. But I think it was Miss America. And knock, knock out just drop dead gorgeous blonde. Not that great
1: of a singer though, right? She was, I not like, know you're talking not about. Not that
0: great. Her name is Betty. That's, that's another thing.
1: I mean like.
0: Did you ever think there would be a hot 25-year-old blonde named Betty? I feel like I hooked up with a Betty
1: in my 20s, to be honest.
0: Right. But that was when, now you're 35. Like, like a, so. hooked up
1: socially in terms of we went out to, oh like, yeah, yeah yeah it was for like a, up, a uh, grab a cup of coffee or
0: something I was sort pop linked up on LinkedIn
1: um no yeah that's that's a name it's like and, I mean yeah I did that die with Betty White rest in peace because I love her there's right. there's so like okay so Gail is one of them right we're gonna get back to castles guys I'm so sorry we I know we've gone down a, a tangent here but this is important and also castles are so important so we'll get to all the stuff that you guys came here for um let's go over a couple of other ones here how about uh,
0: how about Georgette
1: Oh, yeah, that's gone. How about Edith?
0: If anyone names their kid Edith. You know what? But I I swear, you know what? So there's Gen Z now, whatever comes after that, when you're trying to be like cool and retro. Maybe all these names will come back.
1: I hope not. Just like an see, I think the only time you're ever going to see these names used now is going to be ironically naming dogs. That's it. Like, you should be, you should be named. Well, actually, no, you're right. I have seen some kids that are like, you ever see a picture of some fucking kid that's wearing suspenders, even though he's like eight months old for no fucking reason? Like, you know, yeah, old pants name's up. name's George. Yeah, but it was like George Henry. We named him after yeah. I didn't fucking ask. I don't care. I don't know your granddad. I don't care what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Unless you, did he own the Cubs or something? Cool. That's about it. Um, Let's Beatrice Eleanor. I'm just going, okay, this one's good. Glinda and Greta. A lot of G's on here. Like the G
0: names. That uh, Greta, G-ness, I so. could see. I think Greta is the one that sticks around. Okay. So I'll
1: say this from an old people's name standpoint. We bought one of my friends, a magazine featuring older ladies that were in the nude one time as a joke. And her name was Greta on the cover. Flat, flat out. Like, I think that is such a perfect old person name. I did not look at said magazine because it grossed me out. No
0: offense. Right, Greta. Of course. Yeah. What else you got? So
1: we, so, <laughs> so you're in Athens. How about Harold right. and Beatrice?
0: Well, Harold, yeah. Anna, yeah. Harold is probably phasing out.
1: Yeah, I would see that. Um, okay, yeah, we can stop this
0: now. That's so fine. you were in Athens. What was in Athens, Jeff? Tell me a little bit about the trip.
1: Um, so it was a lot of fun. We got invited to go up there with the, um, the people from the Players Lounge, which was awesome. I uh, got invited to be a media guest. And I'll get into... Some oh, wait stuff. hold on. I,
0: just, I love to, to backtrack here. So you were invited as a media guest that's right here's the
1: thing i'm gonna address this right now because it's starting to piss me off (laughs) i grew up an alabama fan i am very transparent about all of that because i want to be honest with you the listeners there's not a day that i come on here and i don't actively try to be objective i may fall short of that a lot i may you and you guys will call me out on it even though you're wrong and that's fine like that's totally fine but like you know, just just as that there was the episode about UGA fans, and a majority, like ninety eight percent of UGA fans, that gave me feedback on that national championship episode, were appreciative, and they thought I did a good job of 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 saying nice things about UGA and giving them the credit they deserved. There was one neighbor of yours that I if I ever come to your house, haunt <laughs> you forever. <laughs> yeah, fucking like I will. if I ever come to your house and like we're meeting up, the very first thing I do when I when I park that car is walk over to your fucking neighbor's house, probably the wrong one, so I have to do both. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it was,
0: it was not of my. <laughs> Next door neighbors. It was just a neighbor in the neighborhood. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll knock on houses. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> I've been a Jehovah's Witness. Um, no. So yeah, as soon the as, as like, they open the door, you hold them up by their shirt, up against the wall, and you go, "What'd you think <laughs> of my national championship?" And then you'll find the one. And and,
1: and then I'll pull out. And I don't. I shouldn't. I'm like, I shouldn't admit this.
0: No. Nope, I've metaf- move on. I don't. have metaphorically
1: about. like like just hold. I'll just grab a bag of sour grapes that I have uh. been holding in into my in my refrigerator for since January 11th. Um, and then present them with them. Anyway, no, so we, um, yeah. So like, and I think it's, I think people forget about this. And I'm just going to say it for a second, just because I got my confidence back. And I think most people are happy to not have to listen to sad Chris anymore. And that's great. And I appreciate everyone here that was so helpful in getting me out of that. You guys are the best. I'm not at any place where I'm like going to be arrogant when I say this, but let, I, yeah, just because I'm not on the other podcast, just because I use the, the F word and say fuck a lot doesn't mean I'm not in the media. So that's, that is my actual job still. And it seems to, um, and I know I've done it to myself, it has nothing to do with you guys. It's like the, the unprofessionalism I've committed to, I think has, uh, has really kind of bit me in the ass on it. But, um, anyway, yeah. So I was invited as a media guest to go and it was, it was kind of cool too. Not Kind of cool. It was actually really cool because, um, I love going to stuff like that and in terms of getting to see like, like kind of behind the scenes, like what's going on with, either like the state of a program, what kind of goes on the inner workings of like stuff we don't see as fans. Right. Um, and I think both experiences are really, really cool. And you could argue that, you know, like for, for both of them being, uh, something you, you I don't know. I'm trying to fucking say anyway, both are cool. Right. We get there and, um, Friday night we go out. Uh, was a lot of fun. We stayed at the hotel and go, which was great. They were really awesome. Um, yeah. But so uh, (laughs) I will say that like, they got a little drunk. Um, and we went to this place called five to eat and I was drunk. So I was like, we walk in and we're like starving. We started drinking before dinner, which I knew it was a mistake. And, um, and I was like, go, I was waiting outside of uh, one of those restaurants and we we're seeing how long the wait is. Cause everything's on a wait. She's like, I'm gonna go to five. I'll be right back and see you if there's a wait there comes back. And she goes, you, it's only 20 minutes there. It's, it's a great sushi spot. Do you want sushi? And she said Sus- sushi. And I was like, I- I'm in like, so then in my mind, just like, I want sushi. I can't wait for sushi. This sushi is going to be so good. Once I eat the sushi, Mm -hmm. it it was called five Tyler, because they had five total things in the menu. And um, fun fact, none of those things were sushi, not even close, like ribs, like a ribeye, a cheeseburger, (laughs) 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 like some sort of cobbler. (laughs) It was like, um, they did have that for no reason, but that was about it. So anyway, we we left, we're we're going back uh, to the hotel and, it was, it was a blast at the whole, like just the, the setting and being back at a college campus was a lot of fun just because, you know, with COVID and everything like that, I don't know how many people got back to games last year, but hopefully we're getting more and more back to normal. Um, but Saturday morning, man, I, I got this text and I woke up and, and I was just kind of in my element, you know, which is like just so much fun to like, that's why it's, I mean, it's one thing I don't think I'll ever get over um, or get used to is being able to wake up for work and go into an sec football stadium is the fucking best in the world. It's the best job ever. And it's so much fun. And like, and being back in Athens, which I love, I didn't think that was even an argument. It was the best college town. A lot of people were upset about that. Um, and, and just being back in Athens, even if was for a spring game and, and getting to be around sec fans, that whole just kind of buzz around the city. But I got a text, I got a text Friday or Saturday morning. It was like, um, here's what like we're promoting uh with so with the players lounge. It was an incredible company, it was a lot of fun. It was um started by a guy named Aaron Like, I think was the person I was um who's like my point of contact. And then Aaron Murray and Keith Marshall, I think, were the two main guys that that kind of um run the company and, and started it. So Keith Marshall is like the most fucking impressive person I ever met. Really? Just oh my god, he ran like a four three two. Remember that?
0: Oh, he was a beast.
1: He also is getting his MBA from Emory right now. And his fiance is going to uh, Michigan. um, uh, I think she's like an RN or going into like her last year to get her her doctorate from um, she's becoming a doctor getting like a PhD or something Uh like that, or from, from the university of Michigan, like just incredible. And so it was really, it was a really cool experience. From that same point, they sent me this episode and it was like, guys, make sure you come on out to the event and, featuring former dog greats Aaron Murray, Keith Marshall, Chant Bailey and then Chris Marler from <laughs> Saturday night South and I was like it was like it was like if they put like a mount rushmore up and like like the very last one was like i don't fucking know. I like like i don't know they got a child to do like the drawing of the face that that's pretty much what it looked like to me um, it was a lot well of- i think
0: i think our old pal Drew Butler kind of put it best right i mean and that's an area yeah that <laughs>
1: i didn't realize i hadn't met him yet but he was like he's like marlon nice nice to see you, man i was like hey you too just kind of catch it up and 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 it was it was good to be around those guys um and he was like <laughs> he's like met chris Marlon in person about as underwhelming as everyone would have expected which <laughs> i was like and it was funny too because i brought so i brought um elizabeth uh to the event and I was like i was so happy because i mean you've you've dealt, if you've probably been around this, so like this if you take somebody to a work thing anytime you mix like one part of your world with another part, it's like, you like when you're in, in school and it's like, yeah, we have, you have friends in the summer, you have friends like in school year. Like, I'm not trying to fucking mix my camp friends with my, my school friends.
0: Yeah. I got you. Yeah.
1: Okay. So like, you know, it's and, and getting, getting at what we do. It's not always easy to be like super outgoing and you're kind of thrust into this position of like, where we have to always like be on. So going out in public with like, and seeing people, it's always a lot of fun, but like, It could be a bit overwhelming. I'll just, it'd be a bit overwhelming for some people. She was, I was like, are you okay by yourself? And she's like, please get the fuck away from me. And I was like, next day I know Keith and Keith Marshall. And then like the strength and conditioning coach from the Panthers were sitting over like at the table there. And she's like, she apparently knew all of them from school. And I was, and like, and Aaron, and I was like, oh, okay. So. I'm the loser here again, once again. So it really was like (laughs) high school sitting at the, at the lunch table (laughs) by myself, but um, no, man, it was really great. Talked to Keith Marshall for a while and I love with it, what they're trying to do there with um, the company. They've had so much early success and it really, really is cool. So you guys should check it out. But yeah, man, then I got to go into the stadium and, and, sentimental emotional crest kicked in I, t- I teared up as soon as i played Bob o'reilly i was so fucking happy tyler like, nice. it was it was the weirdest mix of emotions because like i just love i love athens i love being in that setting and it's like and every everybody has like the pregame it's when you're most pumped right we go inside well i went inside elizabeth forgot a clear bag and i had to
0: we are just like well sorry
1: <laughs> i didn't know she she was she offered which thank god because that's what it was gonna be <laughs> just me saying that she's like i'll just go eat some chicken nuggets i was like okay you're amazing so i go into the into the stadium and it was like i've seen i've heard and seen that montage a thousand times i thought and then but now it's with a national championship
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was a lot
0: yeah <laughs> so it it's a lot so it's a lot like conflicting- Papa thing,
1: and, then, <laughs> and then the pick six and i'm like yeah yeah So the tears were on a teeter-totter that day.
0: Yeah. Going from uh, just happy and joy. Do we we need to retire the who's sadder than Marler?
1: uh, (laughs) What was the tweet that somebody somebody had this weekend that was so good?
0: Um, Uh, No one's sadder than Marler, but the guy that just met Marler or something like that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, Yeah. So... I, yeah no I don't think I'll be sad again at some point um that's that Bama spring game may be pretty sad I'll say that
0: well speaking of that uh this this whole week actually we're gonna have some people you're, mm-hmm. you've got some great interviews coming up uh with some of our our friends out at am yeah. Georgia uh, Alabama to get a little insight on what happened in these spring games um so that'll be good all week we'll be releasing content on that
1: yeah I don't I don't know how to. I, we're gonna package that. I don't. It's it's gonna shock you guys, but I haven't thought this through. So we have we have like a probably like six total team previews that we got coming up. Um, I don't even know if we should segue into like, hey, stay for this interview on this episode. Right. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do. But yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. I'm hoping you can make it on on some of those, just because I know that the schedule this time of year for you is crazy in general. But um, so let's get into actual like. Football talk, right? Because so the georgia screen game was eye-opening for a lot of reasons, and I'm going to have some hot takes on that that some people are not going to like. Um, and it won't be Georgia fans, which is a shock. So, uh, your takeaway? I know you watched like it, it was fucking ESPN made it so difficult to watch any of these games, and I, I just assumed they'd all be on the SEC Network, like you know yeah. they had done for the past the, four to five they, fucking years.
0: They all were, except for that one. No, they weren't.
1: They were on ESPN Plus
0: or SEC Plus. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you have to have the ESPN. What do you call it?
0: Which fun yeah, fact, ESPN Tyler? Plus.
1: If you don't, if you have an account there, and let's say I don't know, you forget your password, right? But you're like right before kickoff, and you panic, and so you just create a whole new account instead of setting all that up. I have three ESPN accounts right now. Hmm. That seems weird. Balling. <laughs>
0: All free accounts, of course, but no, they're not <laughs> the most expensive uh, account you got. <laughs> um Well, obviously, there's a lot of weapons at the disposal of Todd Munkin, which I saw you were tweeting yeah. today. Doesn't get a lot of love as a, a play caller or maybe as much as he should. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about the tight end room. To me, it's insane to me. I mean, if Eric Gilbert kind of keeps his head straight, He's going to be... Him and Brock Bowers is ridiculous. Not even to mention Darnell Washington, who I would imagine, given the state of college football and where it's at right now, that I could see him transferring.
1: Okay, so I'm going to tell you why he's not going to in a minute, but yeah. Um, it, I mean, because he's going to get to league either way, right? <clears throat> like he's, he's going to get right. to league. He, he hasn't been featured without those guys in the offense, so maybe that's... that's like He has been featured as much as you would think Yeah, those guys in the offense, which is kind of weird. Um, but how about the fact that you, you list all three of those tight ends, right? You, you didn't even mm-hmm. mention Oscar Delp, the true yeah, freshman, freshman, early enrollee yeah. guy that had, he led them in, in yards and receptions, like seven for like one ninety one or something crazy. Um, what, what they did on Saturday and I don't know if we should say, well, I guess we can just do the Georgia one first. Um, I like you heard about like going into the spring, the quarterback controversy, which of course you fucking did because it's Georgia and mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett. And, and, um, and Carson Beck, who's a guy that I, I just – I think we all kind of assumed it was a foregone conclusion he was gone. Right. And because you have, you know, a five-star behind him and then like a four or five-star behind him. Like why would he why would he stay? Uh, it, it you just kind of assume he also must have been the least talented one on the roster if he wasn't playing this year, last year, whatever. Um, and he's just balled out all spring. But but what I saw from the standpoint of – like Stetson forced some throws that I didn't like that he he probably shouldn't have, right? Um, what was wild to he me? He kind was of I, treated
0: I, that game like, yeah, I just won the national championship. I'm just going to sling this thing around.
1: Big Dick Stetson was still yeah. <laughs> still <laughs> yeah. fucking riding high. <laughs> 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 it was like very much so. That's exactly the vibe I got. Um, yeah, man. I, I you know, I just I kind of thought when he came out there because because it's all of this is so new, and I'm not saying that to be like rude, but it's like I, mean, I had, that was the first time I had been in Athens, and you had to say national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Like you know it it was kind of it was a wild experience. So, But when he comes out there, most of these spring games, you expect to see a very vanilla offense. And with Georgia, we talk about the run game so much. Can you imagine how fucking boring it would be to watch them pound the ball into that defense? like, What was was most crazy to me was this. I remember saying this last year, going into the season after the spring games, and I said, I don't know if it will translate on the field, but it's the first time you can look at each roster with Bama and Georgia. And you could pretty much say, with, like, I thought very confidently that from a depth standpoint, Georgia was better at the skill positions than Alabama was. And it proved to be very true, even with the injuries they had going into the season. Um, what I saw Saturday was, like, a, some, like, somehow an improvement on that from, from a year ago. And, and, I mean, even with Pickens being gone, even with, like, losing, you know, a couple, like, offensive linemen. Running um, backs. Uh, yeah, running backs. And everyone they lost on defense – I, I watched zero drop off, and and it was kind of scary to think about like what Kirby has built in like you know so quickly, and and what he's going to have uh, for his team coming up this season. I mean, yeah. I mean, what were your thoughts on it? I have mean, talked a lot already.
0: Well, you know, I don't obviously don't want to step on our guest toes if you if you yeah. have coming on next next up for this, but. Um, you could definitely see why Eric Gilbert was the number one uh, all-time rated tight end coming out of high school. Yeah. That dude is a monster. He's so fluid. Like, he's just everything he did was so effortless. I, I, mean. Um, I mean, obviously, you've, you've recruited to the point where talent is not going to be an issue. Um, for them, it's going to be, okay, you are coming into the season for the first time ever. Not with your, you know, not, I shouldn't say ever, but the last 30 years. 41. You're not going to have your tail, you know, between your legs because you had some embarrassing loss in the season last mm-hmm. year, or you know, you got your your ass whipped by Alabama again. So we'll just start up another year. You know, we'll go try to track down Bama. You're entering into this year as the one that everyone's gunning for, including Alabama. And I felt like they proved that they've got the talent to back it up, and they'll be right back in it this year. I mean, you know what's, am- what's
1: amazing is that. I, so I disagree with you. I don't think everyone's gonna be gunning for him. I, I think they they have some like Alabama has become such a monster of a program. And what Nick Saban's built there, that they're not they're preseason number one going into this season. Georgia's George's third, they don't have a target on their back from everyone. Like, like I mean, I don't I don't when when you talk in the preseason, I, I already and I'm probably guilty of it a little bit too talking about the, re, the revenge tour. But you don't hear a bunch of stuff like how How is anyone going to beat Georgia? Like how How is so and so going to you know top Georgia? Like you just automatically go back to hearing about who's going to beat Bama, who's going to beat Ohio State. You have Clemson back in the top four with all the FPI shit, and and like I, I think they're in a really good spot because I think that they're somehow, even if it's just a, a slightly, I think they're somehow underrated <laughs> with being the defending national champion. Yeah, and and, and there, I mean, there's dude, there's stuff at those positions, and and we'll get into it later with with um Graham Coffee, uh, who's dog out West on Twitter, and but like Jalen Carter at, at defensive tackle, like who we all kind of knew was going to be the next dude. Um, but like he's fucking in, in incredible shape for what he, his position he plays. Um, yeah. But like at the skill positions, especially, and and, and we'll transition and talking a little bit about Bama from what I saw. Like you know what I saw from Georgia that I that I didn't see from Alabama on Saturday was they didn't seem like they were having fun. <laughs> For one in Bama, um, and it was like I, they they weren't bound, they weren't like developed enough throughout the entire roster where they could they could have a successful spring game that seemed to be fair from both sides of like one versus ones and two versus twos. Georgia they had a great game. <laughs> you saw like a really really good game, and you saw like the explosive plays. And that's what I originally was bringing up was that was like their defense overshadowed how good they were last year so much um, on like it overshadowed the offense but they had over 15 explosive plays in the spring game scrimmage with, with, and everyone was involved. And so this is what I'll say, um, before we move on from the Georgia stuff, Darnell Washington, the reason I will say, I don't know if he will transfer is that they've done just an incredible job at getting everyone the ball. And you, you had for their last six games of of the season a year ago, they had six guys. I'm sorry. They had a minimum of nine different people have at least one reception in each game. That's which is crazy. To put that in perspective, Bama had um, only two in the last uh, last five games they played where they had more than five people have a reception, and it was the, you know exactly who you think it would be. Um, it, it, like they're just deep, and they have they have like unique athletes, I think, everywhere. Um, and so I think they're in a great spot. I think they're in a great spot. I still think Stetson's a starting job, but let's talk about the Bama game before we talk about South Carolina too. All right. Did you watch it?
0: I saw clips, but I didn't get to watch the whole thing. Uh, defense dominated. I know that. I know Jameer Gibbs is showing everyone that he's a different, different dude for sure. As far as his speed, not a lot of people happy with the O line. What is your thought?
1: What the fuck is happening with that offensive line? So, so what I did was like we, we get back in town from Athens, and I was like, all right, we got the South Carolina Street game. I'm gonna watch that. Then we're gonna, I'm gonna watch the Bama game after she goes to bed, and like you know, break it down, like like really get in depth with it and watch it and all that kind of stuff. So before I it on, I look at the stats. Hadn't seen any of it yet, right? And I see that Bryce Young is under 50% completion percentage. I was like, that's weird. Didn't have a touchdown. One interception. Then I noticed that the backups also weren't over 50%. Jalen Milrose is so fucking fun to watch, by the way. And I was like, well, that's not good either. Um, and then I, then I watched the program. And listen, I'm, I'm going to give you the overreaction take for Bama. And it's going to feed right into all this bullshit people are saying about how me, I'm a Fairweather fan, and now I'm a Georgia fan because I have a girlfriend that goes there or went there. It's not true.
0: That'd be crazy if you had one that goes there currently.
1: <laughs> she's, going to, <laughs> she's going to be early enrolling next year. So um, <laughs> oh, no, oh,
0: that would be illegal, I think. The oh shit, um, she was. Held back <laughs> to, I'm kidding. No, like like
1: one. You know, we've we've stand for other teams in the past like that, but like I, I just I think I'm tra- being objective as possible. And we did this all last year. People forget just because I'm a dick on Twitter sometimes, people forget that like we've objectively talked very positively about Georgia for yeah, a lot yeah. of times.
0: We both and, picked and them I've, preseason with the championship and right before the game.
1: Granted, I've done that for like four straight years. But like the other part of it that, <laughs> that people true. don't like to admit, I think, or people don't like realize, um, is that I was pretty down on Bama last year and try to be pretty objective about that. They could, they should have lost or could have lost four games last year. And you look at that offensive line, I, I, that's why it was, it was almost like, I don't say a miracle, but it was crazy they got the national title game the way they did because it's, it, it seemed like that game, that team was held together by Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and fucking duct tape, right? Um, offensive line was like 114th in the country. They were dead last in the SEC uh, in sacks allowed. I, that's they. they were ranked crazy. In, they yeah. were ranked in the top three in that in that category. I think for like like the previous four years, something like that. It's like, it was. It's not something you're used to, and then and then so you you wonder why that would happen, and I mean because you. Cause I figured
0: you, there was something wrong when they picked up a Vandy O lineman in the portal.
1: Tyler Steen, I think it's a yeah, it's a good pickup. But like, but what's what's interesting is I, you just kind of assumed. I've said this. on here. It can't get worse, right? It can't get worse. I don't know if they. Could, I don't. I think they might have gotten worse. There were 15 sacks allowed in this game. And in, in that, brand, it's it's one hand touch on the quarterback. Yeah. And you're going up against the best it. player in college football will Will. Oh, you don't think it's a big deal? You don't
0: think 15 sacks is a big deal? Not with the one hand touch. Shit. It's it's ridiculous. Did that you they see let 15 sacks plays. anywhere else in the country, Tyler? I mean, uh, people probably weren't even taking stats. I bet Hold on. Objectively,
1: objectively answer <laughs> this question. Did you see 15 sacks anywhere else in the country?
0: Uh, I bet there were somewhere. And but the one hand touch it, it's, it's resp-
1: I that's why I can't. So the watch answer's him. no. It's <laughs> not a real game. <laughs> the answer's no. You yeah, <laughs> haven't. And then the follow-up question is Did you see anything like that when the offensive line? I get I get Will Anderson how good he is. When the offensive line is loaded with like not just five stars, Tyler, or good recruits. You signed the number one and number two offensive line, offensive tackle in the country two cycles ago. You signed another five star offensive lineman in, in this year's class. You have four and five stars everywhere on is that. Is anyone standing line. out or are they all bad? I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't know. They're, like it's, it, everything happens so quick because Will Anderson's in the fucking backfield so quickly. But at one point in this, again, like I, I love, I love the fact that in a spring game, it's if something's bad, something's got to be good, right? So the defense having 15 sacks and, and that, listen, those pass rushers, they've got some fucking monsters. Dallas Turner's going to be a monster. They got another five-star kid who had like three sacks as well. And for some reason, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, so like they've done a good job at loading up at that position, like, like absolutely loading up at that position. Um, okay. So anyway, um, they're loaded that position, but, but, you know, and Georgia fans have been very quick to, to comment on this, but at one point during that game in the third quarter, Nick Saban said into a microphone, like on a camera that they had to take Will Anderson out because he was too disruptive. And they couldn't get work done because he was ruining the game, basically.
0: That's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic,
0: right? But like, that's like, that's like little league shit. Like, yeah, all right, is, we got to sit this guy down. Yeah. Our offense can't operate when he's in there. And he is, he is,
1: <laughs> I mean, he is the most dominant. I think he, I think he might be the most dominant pass rusher and, and defensive player after this season. I think that we could, we've seen in the last 25, 30 years.
0: Oh, yeah. I think he's, I,
1: mean, a, I think he's like Derek Thomas. Like,
0: I, I was having a conversation um, with, about this with somebody just the other day if the falcons are the worst team the falcons i think most listeners know at this point is like i guess both of our teams kind of just because yeah. it's atlanta um if they're the worst team in the league this year and they get the number one pick even if they don't go qb in this draft i think you i don't think you can pass up draft and will Anderson number one
1: he's going to be the number one pick overall it's not it's like unless he has some and I'm, i don't even want to fucking finish this sentence
0: nope don't even i know but if something saying.
1: happens to him then then yeah like that's i think I dude, when I tell you, when I tell you that I had Elizabeth reading me like tweets to keep up with the game while we were driving home from Athens and she told me that will Anderson was taken out. I almost pulled over on the side of the highway. I, I was so distraught over hearing this potential news, but like that kid, I mean, you saw the PFF stat that was an actual real stat, not just what PFF usually does, which is like make up shit. Like he's had the most QB pressures by a, an unreasonable amount. Over the past two se- or the past three seasons in college football, He's like 30 more than the next guy. He's only played two seasons. It, like it's just, he is, he is fucking incredible to watch. But what Georgia fans have pointed out, because Saban's quote was, We don't have a guy that can block 31. Well, Georgia did in January. You know, they, I don't know. I, I didn't watch that part. That wasn't my main uh, takeaway, but like, you know, that's one of the many things they've brought about on social media throughout this year. And, it, and they probably, you know, deservingly so. I think that's a problem with that offensive line, man. Now I will say, and here's the other thing too. It just like, and maybe I am, it's all going to work out. Bama going to Bama's problems are like fucking 1% people problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But like Jermaine Burton should be good. They've they've raved about how good he's been coming in and his, his, uh, you know, like being in sync with Bryce and all that kind of stuff. And I know Bryce Young is going to be phenomenal. He's not going to be under 50% completion. But you don't have a dude in that receiving core, in my opinion, that is like a Jalen Waddell, a Jerry Judy, a Henry Ruggs, a, a Devontae Smith. There's not, there's not a Jameson Williams that's going to run a 4-2 in that.
0: You don't have a first-round pick because all those guys
1: Well, you, I mean, they might down the road. But like, but Jermaine Burton physically does nothing that's like, oh, fuck, man, that guy's a mismatch. You know what I mean? You're, and then, then you're so thin at, t- at tight end. And you watch several people with these drops. I just don't. I don't know if. I, I just they're going to still be really good. Jameer Gibbs is fucking great. Um, oh yeah, but I just don't know on that offense. God, I, I and Jalen Milrow man was so much fun to watch, but yeah, I just I don't know if if they have that guy that can take over a game yet, and and maybe they won't have to. Maybe Jameer Gibbs will do it. I don't know, but. um yeah, I left, I left watching that Bama game with a lot of concerns. Uh, but, you know, I'm also somebody that overthinks stuff and is neurotic about the worst. Um, so other did you see, re-
0: before we move from Alabama, did you see the Twitter post from one Jaheim Otis today?
1: He lost 46 pounds. He's trying to one-up me. <laughs> same amount of weight.
0: Uh, my man went down 46 pounds from when he arrived at school in January. Oh, he
1: did? He did it in Three months.
0: Three months. Did he go through a breakout? He's three hundred seventy pounds now. And Answer he posted me. <laughs> he posted a before and after picture. So the before was him in January at the Under Armour All Game. His guts hanging out, and he just—I mean—he looked like a massive human being, but clearly, you know, some work to be done. His after picture is a dude. It's the best looking 370 pound person I've ever seen. The dude is just shredded up in a Bama jersey at the spring game. 46 pounds since January. True freshman. Guy's a monster. Be interested to see uh, what he does over his career at Bama. Just ridiculous the strength and conditioning program there.
1: Hold on. Oh, wow. He does look better. Um, yeah, he looks like he's in good shape. That's good. I, 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 the,
0: the one on the right, 370 I, no, pounds. I, I know. That. Yeah,
1: I know how weight loss pictures work. Um i mean the three the three month thing is fucking wild it took me um uh, an entire broken life to get through mine so it was like i mean it was the same amount of weight i'm gonna put it all back on they eat like but it's also kind of crazy that if he was 416 pounds <laughs> and nobody was like hey listen here's a problem like you're not gonna get recruited yeah. if you're not like just be under 400 bro can you just be under 400 for us and he's like no yeah. i cannot
0: as soon as working out for
1: him um yeah that's that's great i, I that defensive line is gonna be really good um Let's go around the SEC for other things that are going on um, at other places. We got to talk about your alma mater for a second. And this this brief fifteen minute uh, preview has gone way too long. Uh, yeah. This is my fault. But um, we'll get into South Carolina real quick. Did you? I, there wasn't a lot going on there, but it was cool to see Shane Beamer do what Shane Beamer has been doing, which is continue to build momentum, continue to build hype. We did a whole thirty minute interview with our, our buddy, the bearded Tomato, Chris Phillips, on that. It's really good. Um, you can check it out on the YouTube page. Yeah. Go fucking, please follow the YouTube page. I always forget. To, I should be saying that at the top of the show every time. Um, that's how I, that's I'll, I'll, make some stickers or something. Okay. And I'll send them off to you within the decade, but just, just go follow the, the YouTube thing. Um, but like the South Carolina, Spencer Rattler was fine. I think, um, I think people, one thing people haven't really given him enough credit for, you know, he's like, he was 70% completion percentage or better. In 11 of his 16 starts including all five from from last season and he he left there like that like being the average for his career which i think is really really important at that program especially not turning the ball over um marshall lloyd looked good um and that's about we'll, we'll get into more of that stuff in the interview but your school what is going on with what is the state of florida state football and i don't want oh, this to be an all dude. georgia show despite this hat but no Amarius no it's Mims. not good man it's Okay, not good. you get into it take over
0: uh, Florida State hasn't landed a, an NFL caliber offensive tackle since probably 20. Cam yeah. Cam Irving probably. But he was stuff. a D tackle when he came in, like a three star. He was a three star. Um, we haven't landed a five star offensive t- tackle. I don't think since I've been following the program, it's just never been a position we've been mean, able to think land. you you ever? I can't be right. You, you, you wouldn't, we wouldn't understand Chris. Um, you're saying in the history of Florida State football, they have not signed a, since I've been following recruiting since has been about 2006, I don't know that we have landed. Maybe there was a guy that was five star on one service potentially, but never higher than a four star on the offensive line. Oh
1: my God.
0: And if we have, they have turned out to be shit. Um, well, you've you've seen Florida State games. You you realize that offensive line recruiting is a problem for us. Um, I'm looking at this right now. Fred Rouse's name popped up. Oh started. yes, yeah, that um, well. no,
1: and that's. I mean, that was one of the things you you were very very insistent. God, almost like none of y'all's biggest recruits ever turned out to do anything. Yeah, um, um, no, like um, Jimbo Fisher, you would you'd be so upset about this because he just did not make a commitment to developing the offensive line, and then it seemed yeah. like, like. Remember, you said incepted tw- like the. Opening game in 2017 against Bama, and they were like, "You were like, yeah, I don't know, maybe we don't fucking just only recruit three-star defensive linemen and try to turn them into offensive linemen by the next season because that's not fucking working." And I was like, yeah, "It definitely is not." That's and then our game. and then
0: our QB broke his leg in that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, but that's crazy. Like
0: the, everyone has got at least a four a four star. Well, we've had four stars, but they, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, Bottom line, it hasn't panned out. Amarius right. Mims, when he was in high school, it has been said, and this could be you know, Florida State people kind of blowing smoke, but I don't think so. Given what transgressed through last week, it was said that Amarius For- Mims actually wanted to go to Florida State. He really loves our offensive line coach, but our program has just been such a disaster, yeah. and we weren't really at the the uh, competitive level of off the field recruiting that Georgia was at the time. So Georgia was where he went. And after one year off the uh, field recruiting, uh, um, so one year goes by and Amarius hits the portal last week. He's like, you know what? There's, there's, I've got this really talented offensive line in front of me. I, I want to start this year, so I want to transfer. Now, he's the highest rated
1: offensive line recruit in the history of is it all the sport or is it? like... Uh,
0: I don't know. It, it maybe he's definitely he it's was for Georgia
1: and Kirby Smart. He for sure is.
0: Okay, so regardless, he was a consensus five star everywhere right. you look. Uh, hits the portal. What do you know? The day after. He hits the portal. The first thing he does, it, they actually don't even make it news. I think Florida State wanted to keep it under wraps. I'm sure there was tampering going on at some point. Right. Um, he shows up in Tallahassee on on Thursday. And keep in mind, Georgia beat writers that work for 247 and rivals are saying, like, Miami is the team to watch here. Right. And Mims goes down. He shows up in Tallahassee uh, unannounced. And um was there from i think he got there thursday maybe uh you guys wednesday had thursday that. friday he was supposed to stay till saturday a four-day thing now here's where it gets crazy
1: what are you all even talking about for four days
0: um i think it was a thursday friday saturday was supposed to be the plan the nightmare he showed up the first day here so here's a little behind the scenes um that that's just been talked about he basically the first people he met with was our nil collective and go. He, it went very well. I did not expect it to. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw my tweet, but I, I basically alluded to the fact that, you know, Florida State doesn't compete on that level at this moment. Right. Apparently, we, we stepped to the plate um, because apparently we gave him anyone that was, mat- was offering him NIL, we, we matched whatever the top dollar was. Um, so much wow. so that it's rumored that he actually signed an NIL deal with the collective. Now, that's a non-binding agreement. We come to find out that's an important uh, non
1: fungible agree- agreement. Token. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, where uh, things yeah, go crazy. Real quick, real quick, I, f- I found one. I found one op- four or five star offensive lineman. You haven't signed any five stars since 2006. Yes. And I'm, yes. I'm in currently. I'm in year 2016. You know who the highest rated offensive lineman prospect you've you've recruited is, Davion Johnson, maybe Landon Dickerson. Yeah, that makes sense. This is fucking unreal that you guys have been... Go ahead, I'm, I'm still yep. in a deep dive.
0: So, so, they basically, through back channels, people are starting to find out that he signed an NIL deal with us. And um, one of the f- largest Florida State outlets, Warchant.com, basically posted, breaking news, Marius Mims intends to transfer to Florida State. They actually originally tweeted he has signed with Florida State, which... You'll know, Chris, uh, transfers don't sign anything. So that was the imp- improper usage. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he. you know, they broke this news. And then um, what proceeds from there is one of the more, if the Travis Hunter thing hadn't just happened in December, I would have thought this was kind of the craziest thing to happen. Um, he was set to basically meet with the entire staff and the entire O-line room one last time before he left on Saturday, go home and then commit to Florida State. He basically was all set to go there while he was on his trip. And I, I don't want to make light of this situation by the way, but it's just what happened. One of his best friends from high school died in a car accident. Oh my God. And he left his trip early, went home, and then like basically, you know, he, he felt like there was too much going on in his life to make a switch like this. So he took his name out of the portal.
1: Jesus, man, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, a very sad situation. Sure. I don't want
0: to make light of that. No, um, no a doubt. And, and I and I do want to say that I've never ever seen a more unlucky run from a guy like than Mike Norvell right now. I mean, the man just cannot win anything.
1: Okay. But do you think it's him being unlucky or do you think there's an issue here? Uh, but it's because Tyler. Uh, it is y'all y'all have become the laughing stock, which I don't really think is that big of a deal, but I didn't know. Cause like, okay. Here's yeah. the thing. If you have him on your campus, if you have him on your campus, you have to close.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. As they're I think they do everything right until it's time to close the big oh. name athlete and then something's going wrong.
1: Yeah, y'all are getting like friend-zoned and and that's yes, that's very fine, hard. but like and, and I hate to well, use that as the analogy, but you can't get friend-zoned if you're staying over at someone's place for four, 4 days straight.
0: That's right. No, you're right. And I also will say too that um it's increasingly hard to close when you're not making bowl games.
2: Yeah, like, there's not so. been a
0: positive trajectory on the field, I think potentially if they could get any positive momentum on the field, maybe yeah. something like this could go down. But yeah, one of the worst things ever. And in fact, it was when it was going <laughs> around. One of the worst things ever. <laughs> when, they, when, they, when they broke the news that he committed, I texted my buddies and I go, I'm not going to believe this until I actually see him on the field because I just won't, I don't believe it. I'm so jaded. And, and they're like, oh, dude, it. you're just so bitter. Now, this. Is oh, before, then he's a good FSU. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you're just so bitter. I'm like, no, nope, I just you won't are. believe <laughs> it. And then sure enough, no, no more than two days later, he, he takes his name out of the portal decides to fuck it i'm not doing it i'm just going to go back to georgia and i'm going I'm to ride the pine because he's not going to be the starter because he wasn't all spring so he decided to go sit the bench at georgia rather than come be the starting left tackle at four state which is nice and, you know it makes you feel really good about your your fandom well and, just and i'm gonna you know what this
1: the good news for everyone here is that now i'm going to do another deep dive on an offensive linemen. for you <laughs> you know what's, what's honestly crazy here tyler and I, I did a deep hold on let me look this up because you know I, I always forget about the the actual numbers um on uh, like after I do the things uh on Chris Miller Twitter what what would you research uh or search Chris on Twitter Clemson O line
0: uh, so yeah. Clemson
1: is another one that does this it, a lot um and it's been pretty shocking to see i think that uh they've had they've had a a, a run where i think they haven't had a single offensive line drafted in like the top three rounds or four rounds or something until like last year. And it was under Dabo. Um, And they'd only signed one five star or something crazy like that. It's just not, it's not a position that they prioritize. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm, you know what, I'm going to say it. Um, It's important. It's important, but watching (laughs) Dabo, watching Dabo, watching Dabo fail is like watching like the one preacher in like the 1920s. who was like, listen, guys, there's only one way back to salvation. Okay, the Titanic sank. Everything's gone to shit. You guys would agree with that, right? Yeah, of course. So we we have to stop drinking. We got to we got to put up, like the prohibition, no more alcohol. And then like it ends, and everyone's like, Thank hey, fucking God we can drink again. I've been doing it the whole time, but like you know now we can do it legally. And that guy is still like, No, 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 oh, guys, guys, hear me out. Like if you drink that, you're you're gonna you'll die. You'll die. That's Dabo right now about the transfer portal and anything modern about college football,
0: right? Right. Yeah. No, it's true. I'll be. A tra- you got your hip pads in. You this is a very interesting. In. This is a very interesting year for 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 Clemson. I will say. Um, I really hope they continue to take a step back. I know you do. Um, you, you are
1: bitter as fuck, though.
0: Uh, would you be if you had had Tyler, the? Yeah, the answer. I don't even know hey, you're going to say. The answer. Yes. Cr- Chris. Between that, those two things happening, by the way, our best transfer portal hit that we brought in to our wide receiver group, the only proven guy we brought in broke his leg in a car accident during spring football, out for the year.
1: Why was he, why was he in the? you see, he shouldn't play basketball or ride in cars. That's not funny. Right. It's it's pretty shitty. He's,
0: a, he's okay. It's, luckily, it's not life or career threatening, but he will be out for a significant time you should listen you listen there's a there's a I'm couple of guys i
1: know i've got a couple of guys i know that are really good on it like with this subject so like um let me know who it was and i'll put them in touch with them so it's a bunch of guys on georgia twitter that seem to be experts on leg injuries and i can okay. i can do that um and get you they
0: minimize the, the 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 magnitude of the leg injury. you cut the there, leg right? off
1: i mean you don't need legs i mean and if you did then why was lieutenant dan one of the best characters we've seen in modern movie history right exactly Huh. That Olaf, 20. he didn't have legs. What other famous people didn't have legs? Tyler, FDR, kinda. Um, that's kind of.
0: Are we going the uh, leg off here? We
1: go... Okay, let's do that. Let's do. Let's do a leg battle right now. Um, <laughs> what were the top? Who are your top five no leg Paralympians? Go. You know what's kind of fucked up too in the Paralympics? They they, they just they'll they'll still do like the luge. What? You just trying to get the rest of it taken away. Like, what are we doing right now? I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't okay listen that's all i'm gonna say I'm, much, I'm barely trying to be funny when i say this, and it's not it's not injuries aren't funny but the first time i heard and just hear me out i love i love the stories and i'm i i celebrate all of that that like it's it's a really cool feat to overcome but if you're telling me that there are blind people in the like the paralympics that that do downhill skiing if you're telling me that's a thing, then you're also mm-hmm. telling me that those parents are the worst fucking parents in the history of parents. Because at some point they're like, blind, downhill, trees everywhere. Fuck it. Let's do this. You got it. We believe in you.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, there's. You're going bl-
1: to send your blind kid down <laughs> the
0: Aren't there guides?
1: <laughs> I, okay. Listen, I, I've escaped from Maybe some not. adventures from saying follow my voice, but it's not. I don't th- like. Are you are you going to leave it to that? You're going like 70 miles an hour. You don't happen to study Bobo?
0: Listen, I, I don't want to get into this. All this right? is the best part of the whole the whole show. All right. Well, we, we oh, got to to get shout out to guy named
1: guy named Tyler. Um, I'm confident it was Tyler or Kyle, and I feel like an asshole for not remembering. It was one of the. It was it honestly made my fucking day when we were at the um the brewer. We got to sit down with Hoyt and um and Los, and uh, he recognized me from the show and said he was a big fan and um. And listen, actually listen to it on the way down there to Athens for the game. It was really, really oh, cool. Please. I had a great time talking with him for a minute. Then I had to pee because I noticed that they had uh, shirts with pictures of the pick six from the Navi. And so I left.
0: Probably smart. Yeah. Um, well, we got a lot of good interviews. I think only one will be on this this podcast potentially. Yeah. Um. And I don't know which one it will be. So, so, it's gonna,
1: so we'll do the South Carolina one for this one. Um, and uh, you guys enjoy it. And we'll we'll break down tomorrow. We'll do Georgia and uh, and Bama uh, as well as um, A&M, and, uh, yeah, so it's A and M. And yes, it's it's kind of a loaded loaded week, and um and we're excited for it. So,
0: all right. So enjoy this interview.
1: All right. And if you're if you're blind, here's the thing. Remember, guys. All right. We're now joined by a repeat. Um, I almost had a fender that came out wrong good start uh repeat guests here chris phillips the bearded tomato from the spurs up show now so before you get before you get in and because i you're not going to do it on here so i'm going to brag on you for you but um it's been awesome watching just all the uh not not only the content um and you trying to get uh, another coach fired uh, on the baseball field this time but all the merch all the uh all the branding and stuff like that and all the growth. So like it's been really fun to watch. If you guys have not checked it out, definitely do so. But at a time when, uh, when South Carolina athletics, like as a whole, right. As a, as a whole are, are really feeling like they're trending up. It has a lot of, it has a big, big Arkansas of 2021 vibe to it, in my opinion, which is like football is kind of like, you know, at least we don't have fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, Chad Morris and, you know, certainly better there. Then you talk about going into like baseball season and basketball season, USC coming off a national championship. The students actually participating in a celebration for the national championship. You guys got like just a, a dog and a goat in Don Staley. What's the mood in Columbia um, since I didn't make it home for Easter for one, but tell me, uh, tell me how, what's the mood in Columbia is like right now for, for Gamecock athletics.
2: Well, Marla, first things first, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And again, thank you for the kind words with everything. It's been awesome to watch you grow and on your journey as well. I lost uh, weight, dude. I, I not well, grow social media sense, not physically. Now I know Feinbaum gave you some crap for that, by the way. so yeah, going I'm, I'm not gonna be that guy. but uh, no, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I talked about this on the on the show earlier this week in regards to talking spring game and all that, and it's so funny, the mood around Columbia, speaking specifically to football, because obviously when football is going well, everything is better. And being out at the tailgates of course, we had the night spring game, so it was a full day of tailgating. and just being, at the tailgates and getting a sense of the temperature of the fan base and sort of gauging the conversations with everyone, you know, in years past when you talk to Gamecock fans about South Carolina football and the upcoming season and all that, there you, you almost felt like this sense of like angst and dread. It was like, oh well you know we'll just kind of see what happens and and you're like Gamecock fans we're eternal optimists right because you have to be because if you weren't you would just drive yourself insane but being out there on Saturday being at Willie B in the game and just the mood around Gamecock Nation I actually really feel like there's a true sense of joy happiness hope optimism and I I don't think it's unrealistic in the sense people think you're too ashamed we're going to go win 12 games or win the SEC East or whatever but There really feels like a genuine hope and optimism now for the future of the program. And obviously, when you look at what Shane Beamer's done and, you know, the positivity he injected from the jump. And of course, they overachieved in year one and they capped it off, you know, winning the the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And I've told everybody, Marlar, just kind of joking that, you know, when you win your last game, it it doesn't matter if it's the national championship or if the Duke's Mayo Bowl. When you win your last game, the mood around your program is going to be so much better than it would be otherwise. You know, obviously, if South Carolina were lost to UNC, I feel like the, 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 the total mood and the conversation we're having is different. But the fact of the matter is you did. And then you do what you did in the transfer portal. You know, we talked before Mm -hmm. adding Spencer Rattler and all these other playmakers. And, you know, you cap it off with a really fun night at Willie B in the spring game. And again, you got to see your first glimpse of the 2022 Gamecocks and Spencer Rattler actually in uniform and other guys like Antoine Wells and Christian Beale Smith, Terrell Dawkins, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say the mood is really, really good. Again, I think fans really do have a, a real sense of hope and optimism. And again, it's just a testament to what Shane Beamer and company have done. They've really changed the the culture and the energy as a mm-hmm. whole. And that was the thing that impressed me the most last offseason season and last season in general is that, you know, through the ups, the downs, I felt like that positivity, they remain consistent with that because as we yeah. all know it gets really, really tough. You know, when you, when you get punched in the mouth in the sec and you start losing games, you know, everybody's O and O in the off season. And, mm-hmm. you know, you take on an Arkansas or a Georgia week, two week, three, And you get hit in the face, it's like, can you be positive then? It's easy to be positive in the offseason. They've done a great job of doing that. Like I said, when you add the pieces they have, you know, I think South is a program that has as much momentum, you know, as any around college football going into the offseason and then, you know, this fall as well.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing I want to point out, you said, I think, and I don't think you I'll take it out of context. You said national championships, it doesn't matter. So I completely agree with that. Just want to say first and foremost. Uh, no, I think, I think that the thing you brought up, like it's a really, really good point about like the, the optimism from Beamer and I've, I've gotten just, you know, a lot of shit from, from fans before where they I've said, like, I've always said, like, you know, Mississippi States, to South Carolina, to the East, they're seemingly eight and four, seven and five every season. Right. And it seems like that kind of is the case from a football standpoint, but a lot of times, you know, I've got so much pushback from that because it's like, well, like, what what should fans expect? Like, you don't want to be delusional, but you also, you want to have like realistic expectations. But that's not like what fans do, right? Like, because that's, that's not the fun part of being a fan. Like, you want to think you have a chance to, to to win it every single year going into the season, at least, right? And you look at you look at a program because I remember somebody saying this to me at Mississippi State. And I was like, that's a really good point. Like, you, you shouldn't just go into it like, I can't wait to go seven and five. We're going to the Independence right. Bowl in Shreveport. But like you look at a program like South Carolina, and, and I've I've heard this from, from Georgia fans especially. And and everyone has that other fan base they hate, right? Whether it's like Georgia fans on Twitter, or Vol Twitter, or like at Arkansas fans at games, or what you know, like Vanity Whistler, all that kind of stuff. Mm. I've heard this specifically about how how delusional Carolina fans are about where their program is, like the athletic department in general. And then you start, you take a step back, and you're like, Man, we're th- within the last decade, you're talking about a final four run in basketball. Talk about like multiple national championships in baseball. Um, and you talk about, you know, three 311 win seasons that which were dated. But I think I think the expectations of having something exciting to to build off of is, is really good from Beamer. Um, one word you said, and I want to get into this, that you, you said he overachieved in year one. And I, I'm cautious on year two in terms of I love what was able to get with Spencer Rattler. I think that's just a big thing for the program. I wonder if that is going to end up being like something that's huge to build on for the program or if it's just a sign of where the program can be. And it's like a feel good story because, you know, you look at it and, and Spencer Rattler is as talented as they come at quarterback, like number one, overall quarterback in the country coming out of high school. He was the projected number one pick in the draft last year, right. Going into the season. Um, I wonder what that looks like when he's now, he's not in, he's not in Norman. He's not playing big 12 defenses and from like, just before you even get into the skill position part. So we're gonna talk about that separately protecting that kid, the offensive line, he had 11 four-stars or better in Norman. He, he's he got one, uh, you know, in South Carolina. And and, and you yeah. saw it this weekend, and, and I, this is what I want to ask you. Like, you saw this weekend, that kid, I, I said it beforehand, he is very, very good at being accurate with the football. 70-plus completion percentage in all five starts last year. I think he, had, he finished his career in Norman in like 11 of 16 starts over 70%. But when you get him out on the run, sometimes he's not as accurate, right? Like, mm-hmm. is that offensive line – going to be improved this year and what do you think that the key is for his success going into your
2: year, uh, year one? Well, so yeah, longest,
1: I think the question ever. So you're welcome.
2: No, yeah, I, I think certainly, <laughs> I mean, one of the massive keys, the season, and you know, I talked about it again on our show on Monday that, um, you know, my my still my greatest question marks surrounding this football team now going into the offseason, the summer, SEC media days, ball camp, and then of course the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be the offensive line. Cause right. you look at the offense, you upgraded at basically every single position: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, you added quality players mm-hmm. and you return your top eight offensive line. But They didn't always and most of the time did not play good football for you last year. I mean, it was a complete mess. Now, I think having stability under center with Spencer Rattler, I think that's going to help you in regards to just the the overall way that the offensive line gels and how they play. But they've got to step up bottom line. And I think that's where South Carolina and I think South Carolina fans do need to realize that, you know, fans just see these additions and think that South Carolina is going to automatically challenge the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the A&M's. I still think the biggest difference between South Gun and those schools is on the line of scrimmage because as much as football changes and the spread offenses and, and the way offenses change or how much the game changes, the bottom line is this, Chris Smaller, is that if you can move the man in front of you out yep. of the way and you can do it consistently – you're going to have your way with the opponent, and that's right. what the Georgias and the Bamas, that's what they do. You yep. look at them in the trenches, they're just built different. Now, with that being said, I mean, everybody's excited for Spencer Rattler, and as you should be. I mean, you saw in the spring game, they really didn't open things up. He didn't go down the field, but the couple of throws that he had, you know, he had one to Xavier Leguette that was about 15 or 20 yards down the field. And the big thing with him is it's just so effortless. I mean, Rocking you can route. see – yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. it's just effortless. You can see yeah. the arm strength, man. He's just a natural thrower of the football. He had one also to uh, Antoine Wells in the sideline. That was like a tiptoe catch. And, you know, I, I don't want to look too deep into it because again, it is a spring yeah. game. It's a glorified scrimmage, but you could see the arm talent. I mean, mm-hmm. you could just see that where he's got a guy in his face and he literally just flicks this ball over there right. and it's right on the money. And it's like the guys in the past just could not make that right. throw. now going back mode or something you said in regards to the expectations, um, expectations and hype are a great thing. You know, I saw pro football focus and you know, whether you think their their rankings are BS or not, one of their guys at South going to rank like 15th in the preseason. Okay, I just make the the point of this that do I think that's a little high? Yes, I do. But, and and I'm someone that, you know, doing what I do, I, I feel like it's almost my responsibility to be realistic and inject perspective, if you will, because I agree with you. The scary thing about, you know, you went six and six in the regular season, seven and six in year one is that, You fall into this trap of, well, we won X in year one, so we should win Y in year two. And that's just not the way it goes because personnel changes, schedules change, coaching staff changes, everything changes. So you can't say because you won this many in year one, you got to win this many in year two. Now, I understand why you feel like you add all the players you did. You should win more than six games in the regular season. But I will say – Having those expectations, having it's a good thing. You know what I mean? It's a good right. thing. I mean, I, I felt for so many years in the in the must champ era going into seasons, just dreading it. I mean, really, it felt like every conversation around South kind of football was negative. So, you know what? This is a fan base that, again, we talked about when Chamberlain was hired, this fan base thing today. A a a hug of sorts, if you will, and I feel like he's been able to give them that both on and off the field. And so again, having that hype, having expectations, and again, you add a Spencer Rattler. I mean, if you want to know just where the hype meter is within the fan base, Chris, I don't know if you saw this on social media, but a couple weeks ago, I posed a hypothetical. I mean, again, it's just talking season, right? Like it's we're so far peak off season talk. I posed the hypothetical. Hey. Option one, I will give you eight and four right now for the Ooh. 2022 season. Sign the dotted line. You can have it. I'm not going to tell you which games you win or lose, but eight and four is guaranteed. Or option number two, you can just roll the dice. You might win more. You might win less, but okay. you, it's a complete roll of the dice. The amount of people that would not take the eight and four, mark nice. was staggering. It was staggering. It was, st- and I like, because I'm someone right now, I'll tell you, I'll sign up for an eight and four season in year two in a heartbeat. That's a really fun year. You beat some really really good teams. I'm not trying to put a cap or limit what South Carolina football can do under you know under Shane Beamer in year two, but you also have to be realistic in the sense of South Carolina was very fortunate to be a six and sixteen yeah. last year in the regular season, and even with the addition of Spencer Rattler and others offensively, and you know. 8-4 would be a great year in year two. I think most would all agree with that. But either way, to have that hype and have that hope and have that optimism, it's nothing but a plus, nothing but a positive. I'd rather be talking people you know, down off of thinking we're going to win 9, 10, 11 games right. than trying to get people excited for the upcoming yeah, season. Yeah, that's, that's exhausting, man.
1: man. You know, yard yeah. Barker out there trying to get all that kind of stuff going. That, also, there's no better example of, of, and I mean this in the most positive way, it, Like, there's no better example between the constant like, like, what's the best way to put it? Um, head that you sometimes have with your audience and fan base in terms of like them, like, from like, man, like he's being too critical. It's like, no, he's just being like, he's trying to manage expectations and be as realistic and objective as possible. And, and so the eight and four thing, it cracks me up. Cause it's like, it, it reminds you've seen the other guys, the movie, the other guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, no, no, maybe it was a separate other. either way. This is a Will Ferrell quote. And he's like, I'm going to do the responsible thing and I'm going to get a job at enterprise rent a car. And cause they give you the tools to be your own boss. That's the eight and four <laughs> season in a nutshell. I think, I think going into year two, like the thing you brought up, I think the influx of talent he has the skill position is, is yeah. what I was happy to see with the recruiting standpoint. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you look at, um, I, I did a, a deep dive on, on like roster talents like that, according to 24 seven sports. And sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. People say stars don't matter. I, I think it's hilarious that a lot of Florida fans are, are, are really big on that, especially when they had Mullen. And I didn't realize they had the fourth best talent uh, or fourth most talent on their roster of any team in the country. So it's very awkward and, and, and ironic they would say that. <laughs> you guys bring in a top 25 class last year. Um, you I think they were 14th in the SEC, two years removed from that because there was a yeah. must-champ left and left. You know, the cover was kind of bare. But, you know, in, in Oklahoma, you, you have – Five stars at receiver, you got four star running backs, and like, and, and like so much expectations and, and the, the high flying offense. Year two of Satterfield, having mm-hmm. a guy like Josh Van, just from the receiving standpoint, Nick Mutes is our boy. We'll love him forever. It's, it's just, I mean, the SAS pose lives in my head rent free every day. But like moving forward, I think this is a much more talented. Team in terms of their skill positions, and, and I'm talking just receiver tight end because we're, we're going to get to Marshawn Lloyd in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you expect from them, and what do you expect that the like, year two of Satterfield look like uh, going into the season?
2: Well, Chris, I do agree with you. It's a much more talented unit than it was a year ago. I mean, I look back to last year at the wide receiver position. I argued it was the worst position group Mm -hmm. on the entire football team. Now, I mean, I still think you need to continue to add pieces, and and it's not quite to an elite level yet, but I mean, you add Antoine Wells, which was basically the top wide receiver in all of FCS last year. He set records at James Madison, caught 15 touchdowns, and again, the question marks will be around him going from that level to SEC, but again, it wasn't just some guy who played every now and then at FCS. I mean, this was a legitimate dude, and Seeing him on the field Saturday night, I think he's going to be a huge piece of the offense. One A, one B, with Van and Ant- Antoine Wells and somebody they're going to want to get the football in his hands a lot. You add in Corey Rucker from Arkansas State. I mean, they they really attack the portal, um, which you know you love to see again. You know that coach in the Upstate, he doesn't seem to want to do that, so we'll gladly take all those. <laughs> we got to talk about that guys. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll gladly take all those talented guys. I think Shane Beamer's ahead of the game, but no, either way. I mean, you, you bring to carry on Joiner back after his great bowl game. Hopefully, they can get the ball in his hands and use him in some type of way. Um, We've been saying that every
1: offseason since yeah we have we
2: have but now you've seen at least a flash Mm -hmm. and maybe now he can carry that confidence over either way they got to find a way to use him and and get creative yeah uh, in regards to the offense um Jaheim Bell is obviously going to be the the major talking point going into the season and I think you really started to see him come into his own late in the season last year and obviously again what he did in that Duke's Mayo Bowl and um you know really excited I think he's sort of a you know they actually label him as like Debo Samuel 2.0 they've made the 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 wide back position for him, if you will. So again, he's going to be a guy that needs to touch it a lot. Then you had Austin Stogner from Oklahoma. So again, like we mentioned earlier, I mean, you've upgraded to every single position and I think this too, Marler is something you got to factor in Spencer Rattler is going to make all those guys. I just mentioned better yes. bottom line. I mean, did yes. we really see the best of the wide receiver room last year? Hey, Xavier Leggett's another one that I didn't mention that had a mm-hmm. pretty good spring game. And I think is somebody that sort of had this, this untapped potential, but just how good is the wide receiver room? We're really going to find out this year because, like I said, now they finally got a quarterback to get in the football, and that's that's no disrespect to Colonel Zeb or you know Luke Doty, who we just had on the show, who I really like, and Jason yeah, Brown, right. obviously, but they're not Spencer Rattler. There's no right. the reason you brought the guy in, so I think you're kind of banking too that he's going to make everyone around him better due to his ability. You know, you saw some of the scrambling ability on Saturday as well, and why he's not a Dak Joiner or Luke Doty mobile esque. I think he has enough wiggle to get outside the pocket and again, make those throws and run. He actually talked about that's something he's worked on a ton in regards yeah. to his lower half and making plays with his legs so i think you're banking a lot of that in the passing game that just his ability is going to make all the receivers running better but certainly again they did their due diligence to upgrade at that position again i i think josh van is going to come back and be, yeah. be a good play you know somebody who's not being taught about a lot because you have all the other additions but he was really really good for you last year and again i think wells i think uh cory rucker I think Jaheim Bell, I think Stogner, you know, how they use the running back position, Juju McDowell. I mean, Juju McDowell averaged 9.5 yards per touch in the spring game. And again, I know it's a spring game, but you saw that last year. Your defense sucks, dude. Yeah, probably so. But yeah, yeah. every every time he touches the ball, it seems like he's going for yeah. ten yards or so. And then again, I know you want to get into Marshawn Lloyd, and you know he flashed, looking like he's getting closer and closer to being that dude we heard about on the uh-huh. recruiting trail. And God, then you added like seventeen running backs out of the transfer portal, with Lavasi Carroll from Georgia, right. Christian beale Smith from Wake Forest, DJ Twitty from East Tennessee State. So again, they they. They attack the portal, there's no question. And again, it all comes down to the having that guy under center. Cause as you know, Marlar, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And South gonna I don't know if you saw the statistic by the way. Connor is the one that tweeted it out, but South going has never had an all SEC quarterback. I mean, yeah. that explains a lot, right? That explains a lot. I mean, yeah, but I like
1: if, I, I feel like that's um I mean it's a that's well, I I don't I'm not surprised by that I guess is the best way to say it because like, I mean, well, like I mean that's fair but I'm just saying it explains a lot like well, they, you got to have that guy recruited. they've also never recruited a guy that's been like the, like like yeah. Garcia was I think a like high the chosen or yeah you, you've never brought in a guy in South Carolina that's like like South Carolina has made a living off of. White dudes that'll be invited back to alumni games and and like and speaking events forever. I mean, like, I'm serious. Like, are you, why, I, why are I'm you
2: thinking, des- why are you describing my guy Perry Orth so I'm, happy? Perry Perry Orth?
1: <laughs> who just sounds like cat, and that name is like if tackies came to life. But oh. Perry Orth, <laughs> Connor Shaw, Dylan Thompson, oh and all good God. quarterbacks, like good quarterbacks. But like, yeah. I mean, it's like they they did they made a living off of like you know what. Uh, there's a lot of talented guys out there, but fuck it. Let's just go ahead hey, and get. And
2: that and that right there is the greatest opportunity this staff has and this mm-hmm. program has with Spencer Rattler. Because if you know what, people ask me what's a successful year for him. Statistics, just get him drafted. H- yeah. a, hey, you go, haven't had a guy go, since if, if, if you go if you go eight and four. He gets drafted first couple of rounds. You just mentioned it. You haven't had a quarterback drafted since 1989, which is an absurd stat in its own right. You get him drafted. All of a sudden, I think Shane Beamer and company are starting to change the narrative of that position. Because like you mentioned, I mean, you look at the top teams in the country, most of them have got a five-star quarterback under center. Most of them yeah, They they make it, it work. The other part of it, too, is like, and going
1: back to the stat, it's like, Again, like I don't and I don't even know that that's not the benchmark in my opinion. But like it makes so much sense in terms of like that's why fans are so excited about Luke Doty, right? Like that's why, like, because you're talking about like a, a fan base that has I don't think that's sh- that that position has been a struggle until last year it was awful. It was awful to watch. Yeah. Um, but like that position as a whole, it's been very much like, Hey, how about we get this every fucking stereotype of the NFL combine you can throw out there gritty, mm. tough, like you know, game manager, all that kind of stuff. And and they've been able to to not only do well, but thrive, right? Like they've had really, really good careers there. So I think that, but like, it all starts with like these guys. And you could be a guy that says like four and five stars don't matter. Point to like, you know, Stetson Bennett was a two-star that was ranked the 104th quarterback in the country coming out of high school and they just won a national championship. So like that can happen, but you look at, I I did a a detail on this too. Like you look at every single team that's won a national championship in the last 15 years, only four of them had a three-star lower. Okay. And, three of those four were Bama <laughs> <It was like laughs> Jake Coker and, right. uh, and, I, I, and McElroy and somebody else. But like, I think, I think going forward, like, it, yeah, it's, it's becoming more like the NFL where you have to have an elite guy at the quarterback to kind of, to kind of drive the offense and everything. Um, all right. You brought him up and this was, this is my biggest takeaway from the whole, the whole thing, because, you know, Kevin Harris is a guy that was like a, just a, a fantastic, I guess. He was a bright, bright spot in the 2020 season. That was so, so tough to watch. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, Marshawn Lloyd uh comes comes from my favorite state just Delaware just up there at the 312 um you guys recruit the shit out of that state man I don't know I don't know what we own
2: Delaware for whatever reason I don't know what it is around
1: Delaware and 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 ironically (laughs) enough my uh my ex-ex who uh who went to Clemson she's from there so it's like it's funny to watch you guys still put the fence up around that state as well so no, but like him, him coming back and, you know, he's, he's a guy that goes to the season where he's um, he obviously come off an injury and ACL tear and, and all those things. Um, and like I always say on every single episode, ACLs are important no matter what you hear on the internet. So Marshawn Lloyd, he looked to me like healthy. Like that that was the first, like, I didn't want to go with explosive. I wanted to say healthy because he he had one run in the first quarter where he just put his foot in the ground and made a cut to the second level. And, and he looked like, that alone was good to see. Like it, it was an open mm. field, but that was good alone. Like that alone was good to see. But then finishing the run mm. and it's like the point of being like super physical uh, at the point of attack, like um, on the defensive back, I think they're trying to tackle him. That's what set up most of me. What what do we expect from him? Because again, a lot of it has to do with that offensive line, man. Like, you know, he has yeah. got a lot of talent. Um but do you think, especially with the addition of something like Rattler, that you're gonna have to you're gonna have defenses that aren't gonna be able to stack the box and be back, you know, more on their toes? Do you think, um, do you think that that's going to help or hurts going at hurts? Do you think it's going to help him going into the season or, or it's, we kind of just expect what we expect for the running backs with that offensive line?
2: Well, to your point, Marlon. I know exactly which run you're talking about, by the way, where Marshawn Lloyd stuck his foot in the ground and, like you mentioned, I-, I love the way he finished the run. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I-, I think in times before, especially last year, and of course, again, he was coming off that injury. And I, I don't think we really gave enough credit to how tough it was going to be. I and mean, again, that ACL, like you mentioned, it's, yeah. it's pretty important. And the biggest hurdles mentally, uh, just right. getting back to yourself mentally. And you saw him later last year sort of start to get back to form. But I thought last year there was a little too much dancing. You know, he, he kind of ran like he was still in high school in the yeah. sense of, you could just tell he so badly wanted to make the home run play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we just need you to be a productive running back. Right. And so to see him, you know, stick his face in the fan, if you will, I, I can't believe I quoted that because that's a <laughs> much champ saying, but to, to, to lower the shoulder and deliver the boom and say, you know what? I could try to go outside and break it, but you know what? I'm going to put my shoulder in this guy's chest and get four yards. And it's like, I want to see more of that from Marshawn Louis. Lloyd. Now I don't want him to not be explosive, but sometimes you got to take what you can get. The other play that really stood out, I'm sure you remember this one is, um, you know the play was going nowhere, and he he spins out of a tackle, and you know br- breaks and, and runs for about ten yards or so. And I think that was sort of the explosiveness and elusiveness we all heard about. So I mean, yeah, a lot of it, listen, is going to come down to the offensive line, but also, hey, I mean, there's going to be times they send more than you can block, and a running back, a good one, got to make a guy miss. I, I, that's right. just it, man. That, that, at some point, at the second level, you got to make a guy miss. You got to outrun a guy. You got to use that elusiveness, that speed, what have you. So I'm really excited for Marshawn Lord. I mean, I'm excited for the running back room as a whole. I think honestly, Marla, right now. Now I'd, I'd look at it and say that might be the deepest position on this football team. I, I mean, you just look at the options they have with Marshawn Lloyd, Christian Bill Smith, Juju McDowell, Rashad Amos, DJ Twitty, Lavassie, Carroll. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on of quality guys they have. And what's going to be a lot of fun is to go through summer and go through fall and watch those guys battle it out. Because obviously you can't play four guys. I mean, you need to have, I think a good one, two punch. And so whoever wins that job is going to earn it because there's a lot of talent in there, but you know, selfishly, because I don't care who's, who's scoring the touchdowns. As long as South is winning, doesn't matter to me. But selfishly, I, I'd love to see Marshawn Lloyd get back to his old self and, and be, be the lead back for South Carolina. Yeah. Because, you know, if you talk to this kid, we, we, were, we were lucky enough to have him on the show right before he enrolled at South Carolina He's just an awesome dude, man. He loves being a gamecock. He's a great kid. I mean, again, this is a guy that you know from the state of Delaware. He could have went anywhere in the country and decided to come to Carolina. He could have anywhere in
1: Delaware, dude. Anywhere, anywhere in (laughs) Delaware.
2: Yeah, such a (laughs) such a huge state. Him and Braden Davis both. Um, Nah, so you know, and after the champ thing, you know, he could have transferred anywhere, and instead he decided to stick it out at South Carolina. And you know, I'm just I'm wishing for the best things for him, and I think he will be a big part of our offense. I. I tend to favor Christian Beale Smith in that running back room right now, the transfer from Wake Forest. I just look at a guy that again led the Demon Deacons in rushing and led one of the best offenses in college football. He led that team in rushing. Um, but again, you got so many good options, man. I mean, Juju McDowell, you gotta get him the football because he was again, so much every fun time, late in the season, man. Yeah. Every time he every time he touches, he's averaging seven, eight yards per carry. Right. I mean, you can't deny him the ball, but I, I don't think he's necessarily that. RB1 bell cow running back going right. to tote it 20 to 25 times a game. But, yeah, to a degree that, like you mentioned, I mean, it's going to come down to the offensive line. But, again, having a Spencer Rattler, having at least a semblance of a threat of a passing game, I mean, that was the thing going into last year. And I know Marcus Satterfield was not great. And it's so easy to just blame the OC. And listen. I-, I am not saying he had a good year. But I'm surprised that fans – I guess the expectations were – I was surprised what the expectations were because my thoughts going into last season were the running game is our bread and butter. And yeah. if we can't run the football, we're going to struggle. And so when we couldn't run the ball, I mean, I just wasn't surprised how bad the offense looked. So right. because you did you, your, your wide receiver room was so porous and then it was a revolving door at quarterback. So, now that you have Spencer Rattler, you feel like, you know what, you're going to have that true threat of that passing game. You're going to be able to go down the field. And that should definitely open things up in the run game and make those guys look a lot better up front. And hopefully it leads to a guy like Marshawn Lloyd having a really, really big year for South Carolina. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, so um, we'll finish up here. I think that, like, we'll get into
1: something this summer, obviously, like we did last year and kind of preview the season and all that kind of stuff and and going into the year. Um I don't want to talk about the defense because I just, I just don't really, it's it, it, like spring games.
2: It's, that's one of the things there's, there's nothing in a spring game. You can really take away. From it, right. From and I mean, it, it's so funny, man. I, I actually have one of the, I won't say him specifically by name, but one of the guys on the defensive staff for South kind right now, and a pretty notable one tell me, he's like, Chris, I hate spring games. Yeah. I just hate them because they, they're just so limited. And I, you know, they, they can't really do what they want to do. Right. I will say Terrell Dawkins did flash the NC state transfer. And there were some other guys here and there, but yeah, it's just really it's really, really hard to draw any sort of conclusions from yeah. playing game.
1: So. Well, you're you're hoping a guy like you're hoping a guy like like Zach Pickens finally yeah. kind of guy sees a light and, and it hits becomes like the five star we all you know mm-hmm. thought he was gonna be when he signed on and you talk about you know Birch as well. But you're right. Like, it's, it's one of those things, like, like I started like, going into the notes, and you know how I get, like, I'll just start, like, you know, there's pages and pages of these notes. And I started getting the defense after, like, pages on the offense. I was like, Jesus, you know? And, like, honestly, and you can blame Alabama for this, and not because I was trying to be a homer, but because of the fact that after watching that spring game with 15 sacks, I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's like, because you could look at it like, man, this defense is going to be great. Or you're like, Jesus, this offensive line is garbage. So yeah. um, we, we'll get more into defense. We've got a long offseason ahead of us. But the last thing I want to talk about is, is the fact that, one – Steve, I just realized what you said since 1989, the quarterback, I mean, Steve Tannehill didn't get drafted, which is horseshit. Nope. <laughs> um, but the other part of it too, is like, he should have got drafted on hair alone. Um, but, <laughs> but going into year two of this, right. Um, the, the season, like you, you brought up this earlier. You talking about sort of the offensive lines, they had, they, they played George every year, right? You're not going to get away from that. You're not going to get away from playing at Clemson. Do you have to go on the road to Clemson this year? I think y'all get stuff y'all get George on the road too, right?
2: No, Georgia's at home, so okay. it's uh the schedule starts out. Georgia stayed at home at Arkansas week two, and then Georgia at home week yeah.
1: three. So, so I guess the question is this because, like, I, I have been admittedly um hesitant to to like get too on board. Like, I, I'm on board with Shane Deemer and, and I, like forever. Right. Yeah, I, I love that dude. He's such a good dude. I hope he's. I hope him nothing but the success. Nothing but success. At the same time, when you start looking at that schedule. And, and you said this, like they were very fortunate to be in a bowl game last year and they capitalized on it, which is a credit to them, but they probably shouldn't have lost all or probably shouldn't beat Auburn. There's a couple other games that, you know, they, they kind of came back looking at this season and please God don't say it's Kentucky and please God don't say it's A&M. What <laughs> looking ahead right now, which game <laughs> do you feel like is like a must win? Cause that week two at Arkansas has big must win vibes, even though it's early in the season. So don't don't say Kentucky. Say Kentucky, Kentucky. He says.
2: You <laughs> that's just like that's right like now. the ace in the hole for every. <laughs> eight, all right, so if it, if it's not Kentucky, I, you know what? I'll actually say this though, because here's the hot take: it isn't Kentucky. And, and I don't Good. know if you saw this. I, I got on this this weird kick where I gave Kentucky football an insane amount of credit on our daily live show, and Good. fans were like, "Chris, we don't want to hear." I, I'm just we were just starting to talk SEC football, and I just my. The point I was trying to make was, I think it's time that South Carolina fans do, and I hate to say this, but change the way they view that game. Because, I mean, Kentucky has just, you have to give them credit at some point. Like, they're over-unders eight. Like, they've they've built the program up to where South is going to be an underdog. So, I'll tell you this, because everybody wants to beat Georgia. Everybody wants to beat Texas A&M. Everybody obviously wants to beat Clemson. I think – I'll tell you this. I think Arkansas is the biggest swing game of the year. I don't think it's the must-win. I think it's that game, though, yeah. if you lose it, it's not going to derail your season. Arkansas is going to be favored. But if you win it, it just opens up a whole new door of possibilities. You'll be 2-0. I'd be willing to bet you college game day comes to Columbia for South Carolina, Georgia, or at least you'll have a chance. You know, you might get SEC Nation or whatever. It'll be a primetime night game match, whatever. Call me crazy. Fans are probably going to be like, what are you talking about? I I think the must-win game, if you're telling me like a game we can't lose and have a good year, Missouri at home. You just have to get back to beating teams like that every year. You just have to. And so we have no problems beating Vandy. So they're, they're out. What other game on the schedule? Hey, we lost to Kentucky last year and went six and six. So if you lose to Kentucky, it's going to sting. It's going right. to hurt. I mean, South Carolina, that is the one game you can you can get away with a lot of things, being the head football coach at the University of South Carolina. You cannot get away with losing to Kentucky on an annual basis. So, hey, I don't disagree with anybody that we need to win that game but South Carolina hasn't won there in Lexington since 2012. And even when we have won, even our greatest teams, for whatever reason, we have struggled there. I don't know what it is. But they're a better never... program. That's why it's <laughs> like, I well, I've never, it, I was you... going to say I've never, I've never been to Kroger field. I don't know if it's a great home field atmosphere or what's going on, but yeah. even when we were great, we struggled there. But I look at a game like Mizzou. It's just, if you lose to Mizzou at home, how can you say you had a good year? You right. know what I mean? Right. So, um, I'll go with that one. I think most fans are going to go with Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to be looked at as the game. Like, you know, you need to get back to beating the Cats. But I would agree that, you know, forget the Georgias and the Clemsons and the A&Ms. Mm-hmm. For South Carolina to take the next step and go from just like a fringe six-win program to an annually eight- to nine-win-a-year program, which I think is realistic, Yeah, you got to beat the Kentuckys and the Missouris of the world every right. year, or at least more often than they beat you. I think you right. need to beat them over the course of a decade – Seventy percent of the time, you can't, I, and maybe that's one
1: of these stretches they're in right now. You know, what
2: no, I mean? you can't, you can't lose seven of eight. So no. you know, again, I, most will say Kentucky, but if I can't say that, I'll say the Missouri game at home because again, okay. it's just I look at like SEC hierarchy and SEC East hierarchy and. You know, you lose to Mizzou, it's like, are you really going to let Mizzou pass you as a program? You know, unfortunately, you kind of feel like Tennessee's already made that leapfrog. I was going to ask, yeah. What they're they're doing with hypo. And, I mean, obviously, that's another huge game for South Ghana. uh, And then Florida, who knows what the hell is going on with Florida. But I would look at just, again, if we're talking must win in the sense of, like, South Ghana's just, in my opinion, got to. If you're going to get to seven-plus wins, you got to win that game, you got to beat Missouri, man. At home, I mean, it was inexcusable to lose to them last year. I mean, really, it truly was. They had the worst run defense in the history of college football, it felt like, and you ran for 50 yards. I mean, it just none of that game made any sense. So I think beating Mizzou at home, I think that's the must win. I think biggest swing game, though, it's definitely that week two game at Arkansas. Because like I said, if you lose, whatever, but if you win that game, who knows, man, momentum's a fickle mistress. And I mean, Georgia's certainly going to be a favorite over you, but I mean, Willie B will be frenzied if you found a way to beat Arkansas and Go in that game, too, and you know what?
1: So. I, my prayer for you guys is this it's not, has nothing to do with even beating Arkansas for your own benefit of the season, it has everything to do with the fact that. I hope you guys beat them, so you guys don't have to go fucking sit out there at twelve o'clock noon for an ESPN game the next week when they play Georgia, because they absolutely <laughs> will make you do that, and it will be hot as shit, and everyone will be the tomato all over
2: again. <laughs> yeah, so hot that. as shit. No, we, we'll yeah. make sure to find some seats and some shade. I can tell you that right now.
1: Good, good. Well, I'm happy all of, uh, all of us going well, man, because it's been it's been fun. I tell you what, last thing I say too is because you were there, and, and I probably should have opened mm-hmm. with this, but like. Um, one of the things I've never seen South Carolina do is um, undersell themselves, and they they said there were twenty thousand fans at the stadium. Um, realistically, how many mm-hmm. fans? Because that knew, coach, you're going to build that up, and, mm-hmm. and Beamer right. was really big on that. Uh, side note: the one thing I did not like Beamer th- that he that he did is the first thing I've ever I've ever disagreed or, or kind of cringed at that he was doing. That shit with the special teams in the middle of the game. And then he, I don't know if you saw the broadcast. He, he did a live read about what the team names were. And I was like, he was like the show stop us. I was like, I'm probably watching a fucking step competition. Like I'm <laughs> up to the streets or something, but um, no, like, like how many people were there and and, and for real, like genuinely what was yeah. like the, the attitude or mood going in?
2: Well, I mean, I think the atmosphere was electric. Number one, I mean, the Gamecock walk, it felt like, you know, what's funny and, I don't know if this is an insult or the game last year, if it's a compliment to the spring game. I think it's a compliment to the spring game, but it really felt like Troy game vibes from last year, because that one was a very lightly attended non-conference game. But I was like, this feels like the Troy game, like weather, everything just sort of felt parallel. Right. But yeah, that number, that attendance number that was released, I don't know who released it. And I'll tell you this though, Marla, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, like just the madness, the arguing over all that, that if like, if, if an alien landed on planet earth and I, and they wanted to understand like just how passionate are college football fans, just how passionate <laughs> are South Carolina fans. I'm, i am be like, let me show you this saga of people arguing about attendance over a game that yeah. does not even count. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that perfectly no, perfect. encapsulates how, how, how fanatical we really are. Right. right. But realistically, yeah. I mean, I don't think South kind of broke the record, which going in was 38,000. I don't think they did that. But 20,000 was just such a disrespectfully yeah. low ball number. I think it was right at about 30, okay, um, maybe 29, 30, 31, maybe. But 20,000, I don't know where they got the 20,000 number from. Um, you know, here's the thing, Marla. Like Clemson had their spring game the weekend prior. And they put out what their attendance was 35,000. Nobody is going to bad an eye and no. second-guess your spring game <laughs> oh. attendance. If you're South Carolina, why not just be funny and put out yeah. 35000 and one? Mm, like, thank you. Who thank cares? You. Like, thank who can, Why? Can, why, like, why do we have to, like, why not? You know, like, at least yeah. give us that. Why would your own school, your own university lowball you want attendance? Like right. that, I, because it was, it was, it's like Auburn on shit. no planet was it only 20,000, like on no planet. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, like, I said that going into the game, I was like, dude, no matter what the attendance is, we should just literally make it 35,000 and one just That's, to troll them. That'd be hilarious. That, and, and
1: also, they that would have done so much continuing the momentum, to be honest. Like, like, yeah. they, like, cause they would have been, they would have been like, it would have been all over the news and it, it, widely covered. That would have been really funny. Yeah. Now,
2: and I mean, we do. Our, our football account should have just like kept pumping it up. Like, you know, like, that would have been funny. Like, yeah. somebody in that building, come on, like, I Be don't better.
1: do better for sure. <laughs> Be better. No, that's Be funny. better That's funny. Well, but it was,
2: de- it was definitely more than twenty thousand. I, I will go yeah. on record and say it was definitely more than that number. Well,
1: there. you know, it's funny too. I, th- I thought when you said the twenty thousand, I was like, my only thing my mind kept going to is like, what? I, maybe they were trying to do like something like it's like two thousand one, right? Like so, it's like playing on the tradition of like t- playing two thousand one before they come out in the uh, the, the tunnel. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, the, your your idea is a lot better. Um, before we uh, before we go, and I'm, I'm sure that you are familiar with the same person, I got to give a huge shout out to my favorite uh, South Carolina um, South Carolina fan. Besides you, obviously, uh, Laura Doyle, because she just consumes all of the, social, or the uh, South Carolina content, and, and I know she's excited for the season as well. So um, the rest of you South Carolina fans, I'm not going to say you by name. There you go. Do better on, online as well. Um, but tell everyone <laughs> where they can find you uh, on social media. I know we, we plugged a little bit, but um, if you have anything else coming up, let them know as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. So we're all over social media at the Spurs Up Show, exactly as it sounds, at the Spurs Up Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I mean, anywhere you can go, you'll find us. It's also thespursupshow.com. Of course, we drop a podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. And I do a daily live show called The Daily Crow, uh, taking questions, comments, calls. Sort of think of Feinbaum, but South Carolina version. Uh, and we have the callers, the callers are the stars of the show. I mean, it really feels like yeah. the South Carolina version of Paul Feinbaum. That airs Monday through Friday, noon to two. Uh, and that's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So, And then, of there course, we have content all between that. It's, it's a good time. So at the Spurs Up show, though, wherever you go, that's where you can find us.
1: All right, dude. Well, we appreciate it. as always. I'm um, I, I'm gonna get, let you get out of here, get some dinner, and uh, we'll have it up here soon. But yeah, we'll talk to you soon, man.
2: Chris, I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure.